The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 25th, 2017, season 13, episode number 61. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we're going to be talking about Cowboys versus Redskins. It is Redskins week. Cowboys will travel to Washington on Saturday and then on Sunday at uh, 325. Uh, They'll kick off against the Redskins. Uh, How's everybody doing this morning? I'm doing outstanding. I don't know about the rest of the group, but I'm doing fine. Dave? I'm good. R.I.P. Fats Domino. Passed away? Yeah, he just passed away. Oh, that is sad. Yeah. Didn't uh, B.B. King pass away, what, within the last year? or was it the last maybe year and a half or so. Blues legends. New New Orleans own Fats Domino. R.I.P. Well, we were kind of talking about blues a little bit. Well, Sorry. Think Prince is bluesy? No. Okay. No. Just he passed away too. Michael Jackson, Selena. How long are we gonna do yep. this? Yep. Just you just keep going, I guess. All right. Elvis. Amber, how are you this maybe, morning? Maybe maybe Elvis. Maybe Tupac. All right. Just glad to be alive right now. <laughs> wow. That is always an yeah. acceptable answer for whatever it's worth. Yeah. It's this better is than the alternative. Crazy. Right? Makes it sound like it was a close call or something. No. Every day could be a close call. You never, you never know. know. Every day I'm shuffling. It's true. That also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some football. Let's talk some Cowboys and Redskins. Before we do that, though, I do want to uh, start first with the news that, that came out yesterday evening. Cowboys make a decision uh, with the kicker. Um, and I think there are two parts to this story. Number one, the guy that they brought in. And number two, mm-hmm. the guy that they sent packing. Uh, so let's start first with the guy they brought in, Mike Nugent. Um, he is being brought in to replace Dan Bailey. Uh, just to give you guys an idea of, of kind of statistically what he was last year, he seems to be a pretty steady kicker if you're less than 50, except, and here's the notable exception, extra points. Oh, for yes. Some reason, for some reason last year, he had a really tough time with extra points. He was only 23 of 29 on extra points. But when you look at the rest of his kicking, um, he, was, he was 9 of 9, 20 to 29 yarders. He was 9 of 10, 30 to 39 yarders. He was 5 of 7 for 40 to 49 yarders. 0 of 3 beyond 50. But, okay, that's acceptable. That's a you know that's not a, a gimme anyway. That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Not when Dan Bailey's the guy. No, 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 no. For, the last... no, no. for a guy that was on the street that didn't have a job that you need to bring in to give you some relief while your starter is out, that's acceptable. If, if I'll tell you like this. If he fixes the extra points and the only thing you're dealing with is a guy that's reliable for – 50, for less than 50, I'll take that. Would you not? I, I get your point, but it sure is nice. I think your wording could have been different there. How, how just, just It's not acceptable, but it's more um, understandable, I guess. I mean, it, no, I think it's acceptable. Ex- for me, okay. it's acceptable. I, okay. if, if I know as okay. a coach, if I know as a coach that the guy's reliable for 49, anything 49 in, he's reliable, then I can plan around that. I, I know that. I'm not going to throw him out there too often unless it's like in the game type yeah. situation where I have to do it. I'm not going to throw him out there to kick a 52 yarder because I don't trust him there. But if I know 49 and less, I can trust him. Yeah. 
I can plan around that, right? We know that um, extra points make a difference, right. but I'm just glad that right now the Cowboys are able to score touchdowns and not to the point where we were str- they were struggling with scoring and just relying on field goals and all that. Maybe they'd uh, just let Heath keep doing the extra points. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's two or three, right? 23 of 29? <laughs> yeah, 23 of 29. It wasn't great. That's not good. I mean, what? Seriously, what is that average? That's not good. Yeah, thanks, Jason. What? what I'm <laughs> thinking. What? Seventy percent? Probably seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Yeah, that's awful. Okay, J- Jeff. He's sixty-six. Pretty bad. For extra points, that's pretty bad. I, I, the league I, average is like ninety-eight point yeah, nine. Or see, like what, what? What I don't like about him already, just by knowing that, is that it, it seems like it's a mental thing because. What is he on 20 of 29 and all that? That's exactly right. 20 of 29, he's 9 of 9. Nah. He didn't miss anything 20 of What's 30 29. and 30? 30 of 39, he's 9 of 10. See, So he's only missed one. It, it was the, 40, it uh, was the mental less. part of the extra point is now pushed back, and that probably helped him get on the street. You know, obviously you miss an extra point, yeah. but it was a mental part of it. So hopefully all that's fixed. I mean – Dan Bailey, everyone appreciates Dan Bailey, and they'll appreciate him even more probably in the next few weeks. Just yeah. That's just the way it is. And to, to be honest with you, the guy has a 12-year career. Last year was a bit of an aberration. He's been a, a pretty good kicker throughout his career, and he's made a lot of a lot of kicks throughout his career. So he's, not been, he's never been great beyond 50. Yeah. He's kind of been mixed beyond 50. There's some years he's been two of three, that kind of thing. But he's not never been a great, reliable kick, kicker beyond 50. Um but, again, I don't think that most kickers are that reliable beyond 50. I think well, no, there are a few. Yeah. Dan Bailey is one of them. I don't think there are a lot of them. Like know that. that going in. I mean, right. Know that first and 10 at the 34-yard line. You don't run the football. Or, or if, you, if that's what you need. If, that, if, you need, if you make sure you, you need to get a field goal. Because you can't just go three passes. Ah, okay, now we're kicking a 51, 52-yarder. You can't do that with right. him. Was he the one that Pac-Man called out a few years ago? Probably because he's been on the Bengals. Yeah, that's what I remember. There was years. a game between the Bengals and the I think it was the Panthers, and they tied. Somebody missed two or three field goals. Pac-Man called him out, and which is you know Pac-Man calling anybody. Right, out. Probably yeah, not a Pac-Man good. wouldn't do that. Kettle. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So let's talk, let's talk about the flip side of this coin. Um, 50, now the guys they that they fifty percent right. Huh? I thought it would be more. You did think it would be more. Actually, you brought up both Moors within the yeah. last two days, and uh, and it ended up being Demontre Moore. Um, do you guys know why? Because I think that's the prevailing question out there that everybody wants to know is why <laughs> why Demontre Moore, yeah. and really why yeah. Demontre Moore as opposed to a guy like Kellen Moore, who is, for an all intents and purposes, you heard well, Steven say that he's not going to be the backup anymore. So you think you can still get him to the practice squad. Why wouldn't he have been the guy? Yeah. I, I, I don't know about that part. But, I mean, if they need another roster spot, he's probably a good candidate, Kellen Moore. But let's talk about Demontre Moore. I, I, I'll start with this. I know why he wasn't cut. He wasn't cut because of the fist in the air and, and, and the salute and all that. That's not why he was cut. So I'll let Dave talk about the rest, why he was, or Amber. That's it. This kind of goes back to um, to what I was saying about Darren McFadden last week, which is that, you know, uh, we'll, this will be asked about today at Jason Garrett's press conference and afterwards off the record, and we'll probably be told one thing, and I won't believe it. Like, I don't, I don't believe this was a 100% football decision. And I'm not 
I'm not trying to say that DeMontre Moore's DeMarcus Ware. Like, he had five tackles and no sacks. It's not like he was lighting the league on fire. I feel like kind of like and, – and I was leading that charge, like with Darius Jackson last year where, you know, you cut a guy and he's all of a sudden Herschel Walker or, or Walter Payton because he's not on the team. Like, that's not true. It, this isn't going to alter their prospects. But it's just weird. And I just – it just doesn't add up to me that based on what he was doing – on the field and what the makeup of this team is that that this was purely football and I think that is backed up by the fact that they're working out a defensive end today so they know that they need another like they know that they're not probably not 100% set at defensive end it's not like they're like well we're, we're good here we, we just have too many <laughs> that when, when was the last time they said that well, that's any team ever said we got too many defensive ends so do I know the, the the specifics of it? No, but I just have this feeling like it's it's just it it wasn't a pure football thing. You know, I'll say this: it's it's never only football, but it starts with football. You know, that's where it is. I mean, if if, Don, if Demontre Moore obviously had three sacks and you know was making a lot of plays, you you, you change your tune a little bit differently. But you know, there was some. There was it sounds like there was an incident in a club uh, with him that that with I don't know all the details about it, but I do, I do know that he was there and he was with some people that were there and I don't that might have been why he didn't play. Um, there's a lot of sketchy details here. It, it's a little bit similar, I guess, with a smaller sample size, but of, of Lucky Whitehead. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about this too. All those things that Lucky did. But he didn't play that well, so you didn't really you didn't have to put up with it. And I'm not saying Demontre Moore has that much, but we, we, you know he's been here just a short time. He's been suspended for two games, which they knew about when they signed him. But they did know about it, and you probably you know want a shorter leash on him than somebody who yeah. you didn't have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, it's that. probably it's probably realistic to believe, and and that, that wasn't his only indiscretion. Like right. coming in the door. He had some some past yeah. things that had gone on, not only in college but also in New, York. in New York, right? So, so I'm I would guess, I would guess, I don't know this for fact, but I would guess that the Cowboys brought him in with the understanding: look, we're giving you this chance, but if we see signs that things aren't changing, yeah. we're gonna not have you around our team. And and so, if there were, I, again, I don't know the details, but if there were things that happened off the field, it could have been a situation where the Cowboys are just like, you know, you're not a great player, sure. right? But the fact of the matter is, you're not holding up your end of the bargain, which is we brought you in with the expectation that you were trying to be better and change or whatever, and doesn't seem to be. Yeah, but but issue. let's let's make it clear. I mean, it's about football as well because anyone that sits there and go, oh, but Zeke can do this and David Irving can do it. Yeah, because because they're better football players, and that's just the name of the game. It's the way it always has been, the way it always will be. David Irving has three sacks in two games, and right. Zeke is Zeke. Yeah, Zeke, Zeke so. I mean, that's just that's the way it is. Nobody's held to the same standard. When they start paying players the exact same, then it can hold them to the same standard. When they when they draft them different spots, and they pay them differently. And they perform differently. differently. And you treat right. them differently. Exactly. That's the way it is. So, so yeah, I just I think right now that, that whole question, and I've seen a lot of different reports out there, I think everybody needs to hold just a bit on that whole thing until we learn more, because there there has to be more to the story. It's right? you know, it's what I was trying to say is a little fishy, and I think there's more factors here at work than just pure football. But the Cowboys didn't just cut John Randall, you know, like it's it's <laughs> right. But Dave, you were right about that. You're, I'm not going to say exactly what, but I just we talked about it yesterday. You were exactly right. 
about what would happen. Oh, yeah. What story would come out, and it did. You're also right about another thing on a very smaller level, but you said, when I get into my car and I start driving to the airport on Saturday, their Cowboys are going to send out yeah. Richard Ash <laughs> is on the team. And I'm I'm telling you, that's exactly – I don't know exactly what did I say? Left. Write the story now. Because we knew it was going to happen, right? I've been around the block a few times. Not yeah. enough to write the story then, but no. enough to know that. <laughs> no. Rob wrote you have to the rush story. and write it. Oh, Rob wrote it? Yeah, he's been around the block a little longer. True. Mm. Little All right, let's jump into this thing. We're going to talk about the Washington offense Ooh. today and the, the Cowboys defense. Um, so we're going to do this a little differently. Uh, we're going to have Dave give us a scouting report as he's been doing. And then I want to hear from Amber and Nick on specific things about the Washington offense that should concern Nick is in a weird, good mood. For a morning? It's just, it's just not it's not normal. normal it is kind of odd it's kinda, I'm like confused. Happy, right? <laughs> I know. You, you take any medicine this morning? <laughs> Feeling a little... Maybe I didn't take the medicine. I don't know. No. You are in a good mood for a morning. Usually mornings aren't your thing. Well, you know, when you're up at 5 a.m., it's, it's not morning. You like morning. <laughs> well, maybe you should get up at 5 a.m. every morning. Maybe yeah. I'll start texting you at 5 a.m. That sounds good. All right, let's jump into this, Dave. Give me a scouting report on the uh, Washington offense. Well, I'm going to start this mainly. I mean, I would uh, I would guess that we all watched at least part of that Monday night game against yep. Philly. If, if you watched it, you probably saw just like scores of Washington players being helped off the field. It was hard to keep up with after a while. Yeah, well, that's what I'm here for. And the main thing that I'm watching is one, two, three, four of the starting five offensive linemen on this team are dealing with something heading into this game. Uh, Trent Williams has a knee that I like the football players are crazy. He's dealing with a a situation that probably needs surgery, and he's basically going to try to make it through 10 more games of the season. I respect it. It's, un- it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, you talk about Tyron Smith managing his back. This guy needs probably needs surgery. Uh, Jay Gruden said he's probably not going to practice again this year. They're just going to try to get him through it. So Think about that for a moment. This is a 300-plus-pound man who is putting a lot of torque on his knee. It can't feel good, and he's just like, I, I would, I'll play through it. I'll be good. I would imagine every day – is agony. And yes. then on game day, you get some Toradol and go out there and play. Amazing. Uh, crazy. Spencer Long has tendinitis in his knee, I believe. He's their center. He's questionable. Brandon Sheriff sprained his MCL. Again, that sounds like something that would sideline me for a month. They're optimistic he can play. We'll see. Also has a bad back. And Yes. Uh, Morgan Moses rolled both of his ankles. That's your right tackle. He said after the game he's playing. He doesn't care. As long as nothing's broken, he's playing. But still happened. So at the very least, you're going to be missing several guys. Or at the very – you could be missing several guys, or at the very least, they're all going to be playing beat up, like real beat up. So that's where I start with that. Um, but mainly, the main thing – you know, last week I talked about how the 49ers are kind of a throwback in the sense that they play under center and they have fullbacks and tight ends. This is the, the Washington Redskins are the epitome of the NFL in 2017 because they don't do anything like that. Like this is a shotgun team. This is a three and four wide most of the time kind of team. This is a Baylor in its in its heyday kind of this, yeah, abs- I mean, they, they chuck the ball around. They're sixth in the league in passing offense. They average 254 yards a game. Um, their tight ends, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, are both really receivers. Uh, they they don't do that inline stuff. 
There is a lot of, which I thought was interesting, there's a lot of H-back stuff that they do. Like, they'll put their tight ends in the backfield. Uh, Niles, Niles Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, He lines up back there a lot. But really, like I said, a lot of 11 personnel, a lot of bunch formations, a lot of trips, a lot of stacking receivers. Terrell Pryor will line up on the line with Josh Doxson right behind him, that type of stuff. And they just throw the ball around. Case in point, who do you think their leading receiver is right now? Chris Thompson. Thompson. Bingo. Because running back. Their running game is okay. It's 14th in the league, but the vast majority of their production at running back comes from Chris Thompson, who has 213 rushing yards, but 366 receiving yards. He's averaging 16 yards as a catch. And he is a weapon. Uh, he, for comparison, he had 350 in all of 2016. So I think they did some self-scouting and realized like, Hey, we might not be maximizing this guy because he, it really, you know, I, I went into this thinking, I was like, all right, well, Jamison Crowder's the guy. That's what like, you know, I hadn't watched him. I'm like, Jamison Crowder's the guy. He's a shifty third round pick catches the ball near the line of scrimmage. He's got 19 catches for 150 he's been yards. Bad this year. He, I'm guessing he's on your fantasy. Team. Yes. Yeah. He's been bad this year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's been bad this year. Horrible. Jor- Jordan Reed. I know, you know, he's seen hurt a lot. Like he's always hurt. He's got 206 yards. Vernon Davis, pretty good. He's having a nice season. He's got 300 yards, but only on 15 catches, which yeah. they played six games. So you're talking less than three catches per game. They go downfield to him a lot. Josh Doxson has. You've definitely seen him. He's had some real jaw dropping plays. He made an amazing catch against Oakland. I think he had another one against Kansas City, but he has seven catches on the year. So and he's had an amazing drop, two or two. And so I'm, I'm, I read or listen back to what I just said, and you're like, where is the production coming from? If they're the sixth ranked offense, their sixth ranked pass, passing offense, it's coming from Chris Thompson. Yep, he's he's having an amazing year. Um, Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan are their other running backs. Those are guys worth looking at, and they do they try to do some power stuff. But I watched two plus games worth and the amount of times where they like lined up in an eye or a one back formation and just handed the ball off it it very rare compared to shotgun even shotgun handoffs or just throwing the ball to a running back and having that used as a handoff basically rob has been uh hurt quite a bit this year i think he just came back this last game or the game before uh but p ryan p ryan's a pretty good running back i saw him i watched most of his career at oklahoma He's a pretty good running back. He he's not a guy that's going to wow you. He's not doesn't have crazy speed. Doesn't have you know crazy strength. But he he kind of have a good has a good mixture of both. Uh, so he's he's a good running back, a solid running back. He's the kind of running back that if you let him get going, he can have a nice day on you. But and I I don't think he poses nearly the threat that well, Chris Thompson does. In terms of running the ball, this team doesn't scare me, especially if their offensive line is banged up. P yeah. Ryan's averaging three yards per carry. Thompson is a scat back. I mean, he's that's just not going to be his game. And then Kelly's been hurt. He's averaging. He's he's doing a little bit better. I think all things being equal, if he's completely healthy, I assume he's the guy they'd prefer to have out there as their running back. But what they use is really a part of their running game is getting Chris Thompson no, out. No, that will oh in screens and dude and in you know him their favorite and that kind of stuff. Their favorite thing in the world, like I said, is like they'll put Terrell Pryor, Crowder, they'll put two or three guys over here and send them down the field and clear that space out and just dump a little yep. swing route off to Chris Thompson. They do it all the time. And sometimes it busts big. I mean Chris yeah. Thompson's averaging sixteen yards a catch. That's so 
And like, like honestly, I knew he was on this team. Like I knew who he was, but he was like I said, he has not been a focal point for them the, the way that he has. He's, he looked really good in that game against Oakland. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. that game, but I he had a nice night. game in, in against Oakland. He's everything that Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan dreamed Lance Dunbar would be. No yep. doubt. Yep. He just is. He just Lance never, Dunbar never could be never that. could be that guy. But so I mean, everybody knows Kirk Cousins at this point. I think he's a better player than he gets credit for, but he's not—he's—he's he's not consistently good enough to get that type of credit. That's—I mean—he'll throw up a stinker once a month, and usually when everybody's watching, like on Monday night, where he's—and by no means he was not bad in that game. Yeah, he wasn't. I don't think that was. But he's zero for six. But he yeah. did lose by three possessions to a divisional rival which isn't a good look if you're supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league but he didn't no, but he's playing great he's got i think he's got 1800 passing yards uh he's limited the picks this year the thing that i'm looking at for this and we wrote about this in the mailbag today is this is another one of those situations where they're gonna get their yards like that's that's just how it's gonna be like i don't i don't think of the cowboys as being equipped to just completely shut them down he had four he had something like 430 in the week two game last year, and he missed on some throws that would have made that way worse. I mean, yeah. he missed Deshaun Jackson. They have won the game for him if he would yeah. have. And then in, on Thanksgiving, I think he threw for 360. So, I mean, you're not you're not going to shut this down with all the different weapons that they have and the fact that he's a good quarterback. The thing I'm looking at is, again, that offensive line. Uh, and this is as good as the Dallas pass rush has been in the last five or six years. So I think that's – that's your best bet is this isn't a running game that I think can take over the game. And so hopefully DeMarcus Lawrence and company will be able to get some wins and get him on the ground, which should hopefully mitigate this. Based on what you were able to see, especially in the second half of that game against Philadelphia and how the defensive front for the Eagles was able to, I think, really start taking over that game in the second half. Do you think the Cowboys can do a similar thing with a facing a banged up Washington Redskins offense, because I do think that offensive line in Washington is really good, but banged up, do you think Dallas has the horses to be able to get after him, or was that just a function of the fact that Philly's front is just so good? Well, the, you know, Dallas can can try to get after him, but the problem is, is we've seen so many times they're not that great at blitzing. Um, they don't seem to get home, uh, and then when when that happens, then obviously they're vulnerable in the secondary, and we know what the, they are with the safeties. I mean that. That right there, it's not what I'm going to be concerned about, but but I am concerned about the fact that the safeties don't cover the tight end well. And the last time Jordan Reed was playing with like one arm and still had, in Thanksgiving Day game still had like ten catches or so, two touchdowns. And Vernon Davis is playing as yeah. well as he has been since this he joined a, this team. This is a tough tight end matchup, and you know, the, the the obviously the safeties have had some issues covering, and the linebackers too. Who I mean, they they don't do well against the tight end, and that's kind of. Like I said, I mean, I don't think you're going to shut these guys down. I think they're going to put up some stats, and it's going to be disheartening to a degree. But and that, I mean, that's my, I guess, my hope. If if they're going to play well and win this, I think they're going to take advantage of this offensive line, and you know, three, four sacks could go a long way in helping to limit that. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back from the break, I want to hear from Amber and Nick. I want to hear about your concerns. What do you think is the biggest concern as you look at this Washington offense matching up against this Dallas defense? We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. 
We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studio yes star we're talking cowboys versus redskins today we're focusing in on the cowboys off i'm sorry the the redskins offense versus the cowboys defense dave did a wonderful job of giving us a scouting report on this team thanks Derek. and so now it is time for nick and amber to give us their thoughts tell me one sorry i forgot something really important i'm sorry uh, red zone. That's another big thing. Oh, my. Okay. You, what? Go ahead. I just. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I, lost. I think you just took his You've point. You've covered oh, every ahead. single point. You just go killed ahead. his point. I'm just kidding. No, point. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Was it your point? Okay, no, good. No, no. Go ahead, Dave. Finish your point. They just they just haven't been great at it. Uh, they're, <laughs> ten, they're 10 of 19 on the year. They're End of nineteen. Yeah. So wait, is that is that red zone touchdowns or red zone points at that's all? Red zone scoring, but that's all, that's so six of they've only scored a touchdown on six of those ten. They've said to oh so, wow. So there's what's happened in the so nine? so not yet nine. They what turnovers or four field goals and then turnovers and um and missed field goals because they've had they had you know they had to replace their kicker right, yeah. and stuff like that. Kind of sounds familiar here. Yeah. Um. So it hasn't been good. And who's their kicker now? It was Dustin Hopkins. He's on IR. Orbath. It is now. Uh, oh, it's, it's Nick Rose. That's Nick right. Rose. Nick Rose. Yeah. I never heard of him. You never. Well, they you remember a couple years ago the guy that was always missing at Texas. Yeah, that's Nick Rose. Yeah. Oh. He's their new kicker. Yeah. So, but I mean, and fans don't want to hear. Fans are tired of the bend don't break thing. I get that, but that is another place where that's probably going to be your best bet is to force them to settle for field goals which they might miss or maybe get some turnovers down there but 
for a team with a quarterback as good as I think Kirk Cousins is, they're not great at cashing in on scoring drives. It actually brings up a good point. I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. saying one of the biggest plays of the season last year was an interception in the end zone. Barry Church. Yeah. Cousins True. really bad decision. That actually does bring up another point, Dave. That's you mentioned the, the turnovers. They are right now 30th in the league in fumbles lost. They have seven on the season. That's a big number of, of times that, they, that they've given the ball away, fumbling it away. So uh, that's something for the game. Now, the Cowboys don't necessarily take advantage of that. This last game, yeah. they were able to get some, some of those, but uh, that hasn't been something that they've done really great all season. But this may be an opportunity for them because this team does have a tendency to give the ball away. So, Amber. What's the one thing, if you had one thing that you would say concerns you or should concern fans about this Washington offense versus the Dallas defense, what would it be? I mean, y'all have pretty much covered every single area, so it's kind of hard to go back and repeat whatever, you know. But my main guy, and I think everyone agrees, would be Chris Thompson. And But now I would put everything on Kirk Cousins just because, again, the offensive line, how bad it is. Dallas defensive line, we've seen what they've done, especially in this last game. Playing against a rookie, yeah, but still, th- maybe they're going you know, in a groove and they're going to keep that going and get better and really take advantage of their bad offensive line. Now, I think he's able to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. And he's able to play around and move around, get out of the pocket, and still be able to make plays. And the Dallas Cowboys defense is going to have to take advantage of that, too, given the fact that if they're able to pressure him and he gets rid of that ball quickly, maybe get some turnovers. One note is that I was looking at what they, they've been doing, and apparently they're not going to practice uh, until tomorrow. So they're going to have an extra day off just given the fact that they're so banged up. And they play co- Monday night. Yeah. yeah, their coach doesn't want to mess with them, just kind of give them time to recover. They're just going to go through some drills and walkthroughs and just kind of keep studying the Dallas uh, team, the whole team. But hopefully that's another thing that helps them, just the fact that they haven't been able to have that extra day off and coming off a Monday night game. So Dallas really has a, a lot of good advantages here. Why are you shaking your head? Are you done? Is that is that the end of it? What? <laughs> what was that? I, I just bit my mouth. Oh my god! I okay. wanted to kiss. All right, number one. <laughs> uh, I think when you look at the, what the Redskins are doing, um, I think the, the interesting part: third and long, third and long, which is eight to nine yards, and they're they're converting forty six percent of their third and long, which the average in the NFL is twenty percent. So. When you think about getting them into passing situations, like that should be a favorable thing for the Cowboys and for any team. But with Cousins and, and as Dave was saying, with guys like that they have on the outside, and of course with Thompson, a guy that can just get out of the backfield, that would just, they're never really in a safe situation. So I think from a personnel standpoint, that's kind of tough for the Cowboys to figure out where to match up because if you're completing 45%, 46% of your third and long, that means that they, they, they're finding the mismatches out there. So I think that's going to be the big key is to, to figure out where the best personnel packages and sub-packages to play because it doesn't seem like anything really phases them. Even, and that's why their first, second, and third and drives and, and length of drives and three and outs, they don't have any three and outs. Basically, they go 
10 play drives. They're one of the top in the league. So they stay on the field, and I think that's because of Kirk Cousins finding these mismatches. Do you happen to know the flip of that stat? Like, where do the Cowboys rank in getting opponents off the field on third and long? Third and long? It seems to me, and this could be a misguided thing, but it seems to me like the Cowboys aren't great at that. Like, it seems like, especially early in the season, they were having a hard – they'd get teams into third and and, and they get teams into situations where you think they should get off the field – and they wouldn't end up getting off the field. Um, and I don't know if it seems like that to any of you guys, but that's just the way it seemed to me. I'd be interested to know that stat and kind of where they rank there, where, they, where the Cowboys rank on the other side of that. Stat. They're 24th. Yeah. 24th. So not great. Not, not bad. What's their, bad what's, their, what's their number? That's about 31%. 30, 31%. So about a third of the time when the Cowboys have a team in third and long, yeah. they allow them to convert. The average is 6'9". No, it's, yeah, it's, it's bad, not, actually. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So It's not Good at so it's all. not a good matchup. That particular one is not a good matchup for the Cowboys because the Redskins do it well and the Cowboys don't do it so well. Basically, right? yep. I just like I said, this is you know you wanna you wanna beat everybody. You don't want to allow points and yards and stuff. But this is one of those games where that that's gonna happen, and you just gotta try to work around it in order to uh, find a win. I think. All right. So let's go back to Chris Thompson a little bit. It seems like, and and I think Dave, you talked about it. Amber, you talked about it. Um, he is obviously gonna be a threat. How do the Cowboys neutralize that threat? Because um, you would think that that he's probably going to be in a lot of situations where linebackers are going to have to be chasing him around the field. Do you think that this is a task that that the linebackers on this team are up for? Do you think this is one of those situations where you treat him more like a receiver and maybe put a safety or a, or maybe even a corner? You try to have those kind of guys covering him when he's coming out of the backfield. There's no way to say this without sounding mean, uh, and I'm a big fan of the guy, but I'm I'm glad that Anthony Hitchens and Sean Lee are around to not put all of this on Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's fair, though. It is, no, I it's mean, fair. you yeah. know, but it, you know, it's fair. It's fair, but still don't like calling the guy out. But that, I mean, that would be an obvious mismatch if Jalen was going to have to play fifty six or an entire game. Snaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there's a healthy linebacker that can probably stay with Chris Thompson. That, that's that's part of why he's so dangerous right now. How, how did the Eagles do it? Because obviously Chris Thompson wasn't a – he didn't kill him. So did you notice anything about what Philly was doing and how they were able to, to maybe contain him? Pressuring Kirk I think is a big part of that. Um, and then the other um, – actually – and I don't have the stats offhand, but I mean the Eagles—they lost Hicks. What a minute into that game, early. Yeah. By by the midpoint of that game, they were playing not ideal linebackers. And they already had one linebacker linebacker out, right? Right. I mean yeah. they were playing their special teams linebackers there. Uh, the thing with the Eagles is they have awesome safeties, and I think that's a big part of this. And on a, like preferably, like the Cowboys don't. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, They'll get there. I, in all things being equal, I would try to match him up with a defensive back before a linebacker. But I don't know if they, I don't know if that's a good idea on I mean, this team. Like a guy like Xavier Woods, I think this might be a week where maybe could you could you use a guy like that who is athletic, safety, but also drops down and plays coverage. Like, would he be a guy that maybe you could do some special things with? Not not every play, obviously. You're going to do a lot of different things. But is he a guy that maybe can give you? A little something there where you try to get him to kind of sometimes uh, match up with Chris Thompson. Is he a guy that can play safety and let Byron Jones come down into the box and match up with guys like that? Yes, but the only thing about that is how comfortable do you feel that Byron Jones can handle that task? I mean, 
that's that's what he was really good at, wasn't it? And yeah. it, it the it's, when he was covering tight ends, yeah, I think. Well, so. just being down there and helping, just be an athlete. That's what yeah, he is. That's, he's an athlete. Yeah. He's not that great of a football player right now, but he's a really good athlete. And sometimes you can get by, and that as he's learning the position, and and he is still learning. He's still learning how how this goes, and you know he hasn't done. I, I, you know, his. We talked about this all the time. The versatility of of Byron Jones to play some corner, play some safety, play down, play tight ends. It's kind of probably affected him because he still hasn't been able to just learn this one spot. So the last couple of years, he is learning. He has played safety mostly, but I still think he's a work in progress. Now, now to answer the question, yeah, I think he could be fine with that. And we saw that last week that Xavier Woods was playing more of the center fielder part, and he was playing closer to the line. That was on one of the third down packages. As as long as we're talking about this, this is not something that I would really expect to see. But we've seen a few teams this year play basically big nickel. Like the Rams use uh, Mark Barron as their nickel linebacker. He's really more of a safety. Somebody else did it too. Maybe the Packers. More, yeah, Morgan Burnett, he plays nickel linebacker for the Packers. Can Byron just be a big nickel? Just play Byron there. Is he too small for that? Am I crazy? Well, I think the Cowboys have done that, but they did it with Heath. Isn't it that right? like Heath would be a They've had Heath well, down there yeah, playing like as a nickel did, linebacker. They, they, they did that with Barry Church. Yeah, right. They did it with Barry quite a bit. Maybe that's a way you mitigate that, or, or yeah, whether it's Heath or Byron, either way. Just give you a little more athleticism down there at linebacker. That is that is an idea that I like for covering a team like this. When you, I mean, the Redskins basically always have. It's I okay. Vernon Davis and and Jordan Reed are basically receivers, and Chris Thompson's basically a receiver. So like they have a minimum of four receivers on the field at any given time. Really, when you think about it. So give me all the athleticism and speed you got. You're going to need it. I mean, linebackers, yeah, you do have Sean Lee back and together with Anthony Hitchens. But at the same time, uh, I don't think they were great and outstanding in the last game, you know, against the 49ers. We saw them do a good job, but it's not at the level that we expect it to be. Well, I'm I'm as big a fan of Anthony Hitchens as you're going to find, but I just don't know if his game translates to this kind of matchup. Like, I'm, like in what I'm, way? You're like I said, this is a wide open throwing the ball around offense. Where I mean, how much are the Redskins even really going to be traditionally running the ball? Right. Maybe, maybe they'll try it because the Cowboys haven't been good at stopping it. That's something worth considering. But yeah, yeah I don't. You know, An- Anthony Hitchens is fine in coverage, but it's I mean that's not his strong suit, you know. Um, which again, I'm thinking like, how can I get as many defensive backs onto the field to help cover all these guys? That's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know if they agree with me, but just kind of thinking out loud right now. All right, one other question I have for you guys with regard to this. Right now, you Dave, you mentioned all the different receiving options that they have. Uh, which of those guys do you think is the biggest threat? Uh, and I pose this question to the table. Anybody can jump in. But which, which do you think is the biggest receiving threat? We've already talked about the running back and Chris Thompson, but which of the receivers is the biggest, poses the biggest threat for the Cowboys? Well, can we say Reed? Uh, yeah, yeah and, I mean, it, tight end, wide receiver. Yeah, because I, I, I think that the corners are doing a pretty good job, I guess. I mean, when they go up against a Hall of Famer, they're, they're going to probably give up a, a, you know, have a tough night like they did with Larry. But I think for the most part, it's the tight ends that that, that give this team a lot of issues. And uh, Reed has done it in the past. And, and like you guys have said, Vernon Davis is playing well. So now you have a couple of options there. And you're, you're going to be focused on trying to get Chris Thompson out of the backfield. And I think that's where the tight end will be. We'll exploit them. So 
that that would be my, my pick there. Those other receivers are good, and, and there's you know they got a mix of receivers, big guys, little guys. Vernon Davis scares me in this game because I mean Jordan Reed's great, and he killed him last year, but. I assume they'll focus on him. They'll have an idea. Plus, he's got injury problems that maybe will slow him up. But Vernon Davis is kind of like that forgotten guy, and it's like he's running crossing routes. He's running down the seam, like you said. They take, he's running the outside sometimes and yeah. going downfield. Yeah, I just, I just think he's going to hit some plays in this game because he's sort of the forgotten man. Because we just said he's probably option four on this team in terms of like where you would prefer to go which means he's I mean, Vernon Davis is the type of guy that's going to draw out Anthony Hitchens, and, and I don't like that matchup for Anthony Hitchens at all. Because he, at one point, I don't know that he still is, but at one point he was a 4-5 guy. Like, he, yeah. can, he can run. He's a big guy, but he can run. And uh, if he's even anywhere close to that at this point, that presents a lot of matchup challenges, especially if linebackers are trying to cover him. You have one, Amber? Well, I would say, if, um, for example, any wide receiver, honestly, it's a fair game here just because I don't feel comfortable enough just yet with the corners we have. So any of those is a fair game at this point. And anyone on any given week can can get off on you, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not feeling 100% comfortable with the guys we have on defense right now to where I could be like, okay, this wide receiver isn't that great. He's not an all-pro, all-star no, that doesn't matter at this point. You have to be worried about every guy right yeah, now. They don't have all pro corners for sure. Yep. Um, and I, I do know that after the game, they were already talking about Scandrick, Anthony Brown. Uh, there might have been someone else over there talking about wanting to match up. Now, that doesn't mean they will. Wanting to match up against Washington? They want to. They want to go, you know, I got him, you got him. And I kind of like that against a team like Washington because as one of you guys just finished saying, they have such different kinds of receivers, right? Yeah. I mean, who gets Crowder? I mean, they got a lot of guys. Andrick, right? I would okay. I would hope. Yeah. I mean, he's a slot guy, you would think. And then you got Anthony Brown. I mean, there's not a great matchup for Pryor then. Although Pryor, last week at least, Pryor was moved down the depth chart. Pryor, something's, yeah, something's up with him. Yeah. Where he's, yeah, he's like almost an afterthought, Yeah, which is weird to me. I read an article that, that he was basically saying he wasn't upset about the fact that he got demoted or something to that effect. But, yeah, he's not, he is not getting the same playing time he was getting at the beginning of the season. Doxon seems to be the guy that's the benefactor of that. He's getting more playing time. So, yeah. And he's a big guy. He's a guy that can go up and get it. So, do you have a great matchup for him? Like, do you no. have a corner that's big and tall and, and rangy that can that can you know defend him? No, you definitely don't don't have that guy. But um, you know, you got some crafty guys. I mean, Brown and um, you know, the, Jordan Lewis to me, like he he's just he's just a scrapper. I mean, he's just gonna keep fighting and and I I think he's the best cornerback on the team right now. I'm not just as a rookie. I think he is the best corner. You know, he kind of reminds me of just, I don't know. Sometimes I see him out there. It just reminds me of him. Mike Jenkins. I don't know why, because I don't know that I compare their games quite a bit, but yeah. just, I don't know. It's just kind of the way his, like the way he looks out there. It's for some reason, reminds me a little bit of Mike You know, Jenkins. Jordan Lewis, he's been good and obviously has a lot of potential. Yesterday I was breaking down some plays with Brian Broaddus and I noticed like there's a lot of different times where he's still unable to keep up with the guy he's covering. Like he creates a big separation and he's still trying to get, you know, the speed of this game and trying to learn how to stay with the guy he's covering. So yes, he has a lot of good positive things and a good a lot of areas to develop and he'll be great at one point, but still 
a rookie and you can't also rely on him and they yeah. they just they need, they need to figure it out they, you know, they just get there well you know he didn't play uh, a lot in training camp you know and and we saw last year he didn't play at all he didn't play at all at training camp just saying that's right he didn't I, I was thinking preseason games but yeah he didn't have he didn't practice didn't do anything so when you think about last year Zeke didn't do much uh, Malik Collins didn't do much you know they still came out and, and and it may be a slow start here and there but but they played really well I mean and Jordan Lewis in the same same boat it doesn't work for everyone thankfully Dak did play a lot in the preseason because of that helped him so different for different positions and all that but I mean I, I think we're starting to see some cases where even if you don't do much in training camp if you're, you know, if you're able to to come in and do it, and maybe there's something to be said for the fact that Ohio State, Nebraska, Michigan, I mean, these guys are kind of prepared to play, and and, and so when they when they get thrown into Mile High for their first game, they're like, all right, this is cool, this is loud, reminds me of when I played at Ohio State that one time. Yeah, you doesn't, know, doesn't scare me at all. Yeah. So the different, I mean, obviously the talent level is different, but like. I mean, yeah, but if, if you played at a major college program, you've you've seen it all. You've you've played in front of bigger crowds than you get in the NFL. Yeah, you played, and that's you know, I was talking about that is kind of unrelated, but you know, back in the day, you know, like people went to Nebraska because Nebraska was one of like eight or nine programs that was on TV on a regular basis. Everybody's on TV now. Yeah, Tulane gets TV games. I mean, everybody's. It, on TV. There's, I mean, if you played major college football, you've been on national TV several dozen times. You've yep. played in front of sixty to a hundred thousand people several dozen times. If you had a major program, you're playing on TV every week. Yeah, like oh, every week. Not, yeah. not really. Every, every game. Yeah. Every every game in Division One is on TV. Every, every game. Every week. single. Every game. Yeah. So, so Rice yeah. versus versus Texas San Antonio is on TV. I'm sure it takes time. I know it takes time to adjust to the speed and the increase in talent in the NFL. But in terms of like being scared because you're a rookie, yeah, like I don't, I don't see that being a thing. All right, we're gonna take our final break. We'll come back. We're gonna get some questions. You guys call us. The numbers two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Again, two one four eight seven two. 2102 and we'll also hit take questions on twitter at cowboys break this is the break to work this big land you need equipment with values rooted as deep in texas soil as you are like john deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love john deere was first in the texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the dallas cowboys Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8 with an infinity edge-to-edge screen that's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and at DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together like Texas and football, silver and blue. 
shotgun formations, and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick. Go. All right. Adjust your cleats. Adjust your pads. Adjust your helmet. Adjust your attitude. But don't <laughs> adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. No adjustment needed. Dave, it seems like these Tommy John's ads were a lot better when you did them. Mm, wow. You know what? I uh, could not agree uh. more than that. So, you know what? I'm pushing this over like you're going to read it in, in 20, 23 and a half hours. But Thanks, go ahead. Amber. Next time. Appreciate that. So, uh, starting tomorrow, Dave will be the new reader. Of I agree. Tommy I was Man. saying, I mean, I'm, I'm sure gonna, uh, the sales go up when you do it. I mean. I'm going to write my own scripts. Good. There you go. <laughs> cool. Oh, No. Not that. Mm. All right, let's get it some questions. To, it used to be the oh, funnest nuts. segment. I don't get to it do it. It used to be the funnest fun. segment here. And funnest, huh? Whatever. Awesome. You get the point. So, <laughs> Dave. We're having a, there's a little spat going pass on. Pass the torch. In I case nobody noticed. I'm not trying to be part of this, so I'm just going to. Yeah. We're having some issues today. We'll the Washington right offense. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I just think they're, they're, the Redskins are eighth in total offense and sixth in passing offense. I already said that. They're only 11th in scoring offense, which, again, goes back to the red, red zone. zone. Yep. They average 23 points per game, which, honestly, that it should be better if you have as many weapons as Clog them. and cover, baby. Clog and cover. I think that's your best bet. Yep. All right, so let's get some questions. You guys call us, 214-872-2102. We'll first have a call from Marvin in Maryland. Marvin, what up? We lost Marvin, but we have Dallas. All right, Dallas, what you got? Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, hey Ms. Amber. How we doing hey. today? I'm at work on light duty in my Tommy John's. No adjusting needed. Yes. Awesome. All righty. Um, Dave, you were saying uh, the big nickel with Byron uh, with Mr. Jones, but the problem is he is not uh, a tackling person. He's not physically able to do that. And Washington will run the ball. Um, I consider myself a football know-it-all, thanks to Dave and Brian from the draft show. And um, they are going to try to run the ball, pound the ball. And Bill Callahan did tweet that um, he looks forward to seeing us again. And um, last show, you were saying about the last year of contracts, and there's really no one else to think about. Um, David Irving, Anthony Hitchens, Bryce Butler, even Jonathan Cooper. Uh, thanks, guys. You all have a good day, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. All right, thanks. I'll throw – David Irving is – you're absolutely right. He is coming up – he's technically in a contract year, but he is in a very specific position for 
a free, he's an ex, he's ex, he was exclusive rights free agent. Basically, I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and outs of it, but he's in a situation where the Cowboys can keep him if they want to keep. He'll him. be a restricted though, right? Right. He right. Uh, so they offer him a tender. He was exclusive rights this past yeah. year. Um, It'd be interesting. It's it's far easier to keep David Irving than your typical free agent. Put it that way. It's the same. It's very similar to the Ron Leary situation. But but the years ago. But the question will be what tender do they put on him? Right. Do they, do they go first round tender? You know, I mean that means you got to pay him. Is it first, second, and sixth or something like that? Uh, like first, second, and original. Yeah. And and what's interesting? He was drafted, right? No. Are you sure? I'm fairly sure. I thought he was drafted because even if he wasn't drafted by your team, it is still where he was drafted. Yeah, still, I thought he was fifth rounder. But even if he's not, I don't think that's what you would want to to lose David Irving. You're going to go put a first or a second on him. Yeah, you probably put a second round tender on him, and just if somebody wants to sign him, then you'll get a second round pick for him. But what would you do, first or second? David Irving was undrafted. Undrafted. Okay. Well, then. I mean, then that that goes out, and you don't you're not going to do the you know original one. It's going to be first or second. I probably would. Uh, I need to look at the the money figures again, but I would put somebody a somebody might put a second rounder. You know, I mean, what what if that's what you need? What if you're like, you know what, we need to get a big defensive end, defensive tackle guy in this league, and we'll take him in the first two rounds. Go ahead and pay David Irving, and then you'll lose a second round pick. I don't know if I want to lose a second round pick for David Irving. That's the reason why I ask that question is the reason why I say that is because, like, looking at defensive ends, good defensive ends, we saw it this last year. It's it, once you get to even the late first round, finding a a really good defensive end, it's probably pretty hard, and one that I think already has gone through those learning periods. Right? Like, it took Demarcus Lawrence a little while to get there. It took Irving a while to get there. He was an undrafted guy, but it took him a while to get to the point where he was at least giving. <laughs> <laughs> at least giving you something. Not to say he's great. Uh, I'm not saying that. But I just don't know if, if I think I can replace his production, at least in the short term, with a second-round pick. I, and I, I hear exactly what you're saying. It's going to be an interesting conversation. But he's, he's easier to keep if you want to keep him than your True. typical. You don't have to. I mean, you're not sitting here worrying about if you're going to need to pay him $20 million. Not a franchise tag. Demarcus situation. Lawrence. Or, or, you know. Yeah, exactly. We're forgetting so. another contract in in this uh, because he's not up yet. But you know that Zach Martin's going to be a, a right. somebody that they have to sign this year. Um, Is that, this going to be his fifth year option year? Yeah, you go into the yeah. fifth year. I, I just there's no way there's no way that they play a football game in 2018 without him having a contract. I, I just so next training camp we'll have next a training camp probably <laughs> preferably sooner than that. Yeah, yeah. It, it some, could be. Somebody did email us about that, and yeah, I mean. That's going to be interesting with Demarcus and Zach. Um, they got to clear up. Some, I mean, they got to get some money. I would assume. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't assume there's that much money sitting out there right now well, for they, them to sign those two. Contracts. They need to sign those guys. But I would think before you really get into, not maybe not both of them, but you want to figure some things out before you get into free agency next year because you know how strong they've been in signing free agents these last two years. The thing with the hey shot. The thing with me is. On a, there, pro, there probably is enough money to pay them both, but but 
extend them. I don't know if you have enough money to tag Demarcus and then sign Zach because that's a lump sum. That because with the extension, yeah. basically, you can extrapolate. Right. Yeah, you're gonna have yeah, to. I got you. you. Could give Demarcus a two million dollar salary to start and keep your numbers you know, low. Yeah. What, as far as the cap is. What concerned. are we right. thinking is the guaranteed money for Demarcus Lawrence? I have no idea. I don't either, but I'm just saying. It, it, Gotta be deep. I mean, if he in, ends the season where he is now, which is at the top of the league in sacks, it's going to be significant. 40? Maybe. Something like that, because I'm just saying, if it's in the if it's in the range of. Is this, other than 20, quarterback, is this the most highly paid position in the league? Well, end, well rush, the, the, fr- the reason why I say this, the franchise tag is 18, $18 million. Mm-hmm. So that's the one-year guarantee. So if he's going to sign a three, four, five-year deal, guarantee's going to have to be a lot more than that. You know, forties. It's I, I, Des deal was like what forty five guaranteed. Something yeah, like that. and I think Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon is a great comparison, I think, because he had similar. Like he really only had one amazing year. But the thing with Olivier Vernon is that his whole resume, I think, was better. I mean, he was productive most of the time he was in Miami, and then he blew up. Whereas DeMarcus has obviously had his struggles, but he's really blowing up in this contract year. And I'm and that's the thing. Logic doesn't really apply because I'm like, well, he got suspended. He had these back injuries, blah, blah, blah. Like, that should affect all of that. But, like, if he hits the open market and somebody with a boatload of money wants to give it to him, yep. it doesn't matter. And there will be somebody out there ready to give him that money. But I will say this, Nick, and I think this goes back to what you were saying about Des Bryant and that $12 million he's due next year. I don't think it's feasible the Cowboys would cut him. I do think, and I know you guys said you didn't want to see it happen, I do think it's, it's a legitimate thing to consider that they will try to extend him so that that $12 million now becomes a lot more palatable. He'll still get his money, but they'll just extend him out so that they can just cut the amount that'll be on the side. I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind extending him. What I wouldn't want to do is restructure that deal, which is what they love to do, which bumps you down in the coming year and then bumps you up in the years after that because that just makes the deal less palatable. But if they extend him, now they extend the number of years they can extrapolate some of that money on, right? And that gives you the ability to lower it without necessarily killing yourself down the road. You just basically say we gotta we'll have him on our team for longer or at least we'll be due he'll be due money for longer than he's due money right yeah. now. That's wow. it, that's not as easy of a decision as you would think yeah. because they they need to get better at, at the wide receiver spot. We know that, and not just with, with that. Just they just need to get better. But Dez is so valuable on the team, you know, just for right. other reasons, just because of the energy that he brings, just the Which attitude. Which is the reason why I don't think he he. Yeah, he's he, he's he's a he's one of the faces of the franchise. Right. So it you know I, I'm not saying. That, that, I just think that they'll have to, a tough decision to make. They're going to need to look at it. I don't think you cut a salary and lower it. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens, but they, they need to get better there. But let me say one more thing about David Irving. If you go back and look at the last few years with guys that are coming up to be restricted free agents, don't be surprised if the Cowboys don't try to sign him before this, before he gets to that point. A three-year deal. Um, you know, he's about to, to, to blow up. And so I, I think they, they might look at it that way and go, let's just get see if we can get a three-, four-year deal, you know, because he can't go anywhere anyways. So so you have a little bit of leverage right now. Yeah, all I'm saying is before the season ends, I wouldn't be surprised if David Irving signs an extension. And then the caller's point. Okay, I know Hitchens is out there. That's, that's behind DeMarcus. He's probably your biggest true free agent heading into 2018. Cooper and Bryce, 
I'm I'm not going to worry about that just yet. I mean, if it happens to come back around, then it comes back around. Plus, we just we don't even know what type of body of work they're going to have put together by the end of the season. But Bryce signed for basically veteran minimum last spring, and I don't know that he's done enough yet to where I'm drastically altering what I want to do there. Would you be willing to pay Cooper not big money, but pay him decent money? Let's assume that they play well the rest of the season and this offensive line starts to gel around him being a part of that mix are you willing to maybe go in and do that or you just look at that and say hey that's a position i'd look at the draft next year and try to get myself a young guard throw him in there for cheap that i would much rather do that but you know no i'm just it's like i kind of kind of paint myself in in a corner there because i i've said all along i thought they should have re-signed ron leary um if it gets to the situation again you know, on one hand, you could say, yeah, don't don't let that happen again. Sign Cooper. Or you could say, well, it'll just happen again. Just find the next Leary, find the next Cooper. You're, yeah, so do I, that. I, I kind of and you'll have to go through that growing pain, those yeah. growing pains. So but, hey, if, it's okay. If, or you are really good at drafting people and you find a guy who's a badass right away. Yeah. But are you going to do that later? Because you're not going to use a first-round pick on him, right? You got too just, many other places where you got to go. I have confidence that like where are you picking though? You, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to determine that. But I'm just saying, if you're sitting at say the steam turns around, gets into the playoffs, and they're picking early mid twenties, early twenties, and and you've got a chance to get one of the best guards. I mean, Zach Martin is going to be a twelve year Pro Bowler, all pro. Would you go another? And he went sixteenth. Would you go another first rounder though? Like. We just finished talking about the I, other areas of this team. If he's the best value. Players. Yeah. I have a high amount of confidence that a guard that's talented enough to be a top 100 pick would be great on this line between Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick. Yeah. But so like, it doesn't have to be a first rounder. Round. Yeah. I mean, Chaz Green was pick 90 whatever, and I think we can all agree it's more his health than his talent that holds him back. But that's also why you're down in the third round is because it's not so much about the talent, it's about the durability, right? Yeah. Trey Turner from LSU is the guy they would have drafted if they hadn't traded up for Demarcus Lawrence, and he is he's great. He's yeah. a Pro Bowl caliber guard. The Panthers got him at like 70-something. I already got the Cowboys' first-round pick. I mean, there's, it's not a guard either. It's a, it's wide it's a fast wide receiver. Tell them, tell them who it is, Kent. <laughs> tell them who's going to be playing for the Cowboys next year. Christian Kirk. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's Armani cool. Watts, hopefully. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, safety. I'd take him. Okay, I'd take Christian Kirk. That's though. not yeah. bad. Heck yeah, Christian Kirk, man, that guy. Over Dez though. No, 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 no. Not over Dez. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Uh, we'd have to take him in the first round. I know, but he doesn't have to be. You know, we don't have to play him right over Dez okay. right now. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm These just, fans are gonna riot if they draft a receiver in the first round. Why? Why? I don't think so. Because it's not a badass playmaker. Just, just show, just show all the games at the stadium that he's played against Arkansas, and just say, "Hey, this is what the guy's done at AT and T Stadium. Kickoff return here, eighty-three yards here. Oh, yeah. How about how about a safety or a cornerback or a pass rusher? I'll take that safety. Something. Yeah, I'll take that safety. All right, let's take. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow, nine thirty a.m. We'll get into the uh, the the. Uh, Washington Redskins defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?